Chapter Fourteen of *The Imperialist* by Sarah Jeanette Duncan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. If anyone had told Mr. Hugh Finlay while he was pursuing his rigorous path to the ideals of the University of Edinburgh that the first notable interest of his life in the calling and the country to which even then he had given his future would lie in his relations with any woman he would have treated the prediction as mere folly to go far enough back in accounting for this one would arrive at the female sort sterling and arid that had presided over his childhood and represented the sex to his youth the aunt lizzie widowed and frugal and spare who had brought him up the janet wilson who had washed and mended him from babyhood good gaunt creature half servant and half friend the mature respectable women and impossible blousy girls of the dumfriesshire village whence he came with such as these relations actual or imagined could only be of the most practical kind matters to be arranged on grounds of expediency and certainly not of the first importance the things of first importance what you could do with your energy and your brains to beat out some microscopic good for the world and what you could see and feel and realize in it of value to yourself left little room for the feminine consideration in finley's eyes it was not a thing simply that existed there with any significance woman in her more attractive presentment was a daughter of the poets with an esoteric or perhaps only a symbolic or perhaps a merely decorative function in any case a creature that required an initiation to perceive her a process to which finley would have been as unwilling as he was unlikely to submit not that he was destitute of ideals about women they would have formed in that case a strange exception to his general outlook but he saw them on a plane detached and impersonal concerned with the preservation of society the maintenance of the home the noble devotions of motherhood women had been known historically to be capable of lofty sentiments and fine actions he would have been the last to withhold their due from women but they were removed from the scope of his imagination partly by the accidents i have mentioned and partly no doubt by a simple lack in him of the inclination to seek and to know them so that christy cameron when she came to stay with his aunt in bross during the few weeks after his ordination and before his departure for canada found a fair light for judgment and more than a reasonable disposition to acquiesce in the scale of her merits as a woman on the part of hugh finlay he was familiar with the scale of her merits before she came his aunt lizzie did little but run them up and down when she arrived she answered to every item she was a good height but not too tall a nice figure of a woman but not what you would call stout a fresh-faced body whose excellent principles were written in every feature she had she was five years older than hugh but even that he came to accept in aunt lizzie's skilful exhibition as something to the total of her advantages a pleasant independent creature with a hundred a year of her own sensible and vigorous and good-tempered 
belonging as well to the preeminently right denomination she had virtues that might have figured handsomely in an advertisement had aunt lizzie in the plenitude of her good will thought fit to take that measure on christie's behalf but nothing was farther from aunt lizzie's mind we must in fairness add christie cameron to the sum of finley's acquaintance with the sex but even then the total is slender little to go upon yet the fact which mr finley would in those days have considered so unimaginable remained it had come into being and it remained the chief interest of his life the chief human interest did lie in his relations with edvina murchison he might challenge it but he could not move it he might explain but he could not alter it and there had come no point at which it would have occurred to him to do either when at last he had seen how simple and possible it was to enjoy miss murchison's companionship upon unoccupied evenings he had begun to do it with eagerness and zest the greater because elgin offered him practically no other dr drummond lived for purposes of intellectual contact at the other end of the century the other clergy and professional men of the town were separated from finley by all the mental predispositions that rose from the virgin soil he was as mrs murchison said a great gawk of a fellow he had little adaptability he was not of those who spend a year or two in the new world and go back with a transatlantic accent either of tongue or of mind where he saw a lack of dignity of consideration or of restraint he did not insensibly become less dignified or considerate or restrained to smooth out perceptible differences nor was he constituted to absorb the qualities of those defects and enrich his nature by the geniality the shrewdness the quick mental movement that stood on the other side of the account he cherished in secret an admiration for the young men of elgin with their unappeasable energy and their indomitable optimism but he could not translate it in any language of sympathy and but for edvina his soul would have gone uncomforted and alone edvina as we know was his companion seeing herself just that constantly content to be just that she walked beside him closer than he knew she had her woman's prescience and trusted it her own heart all sweetly alive counselled her to patience her instincts laid her in bonds to concealment she knew she was sure so sure that she would play sometimes smiling with her living heart the nightingale was not yet heard for the rose was not yet blown she could say of his and what was that but play and tender laughter at the expense of her own and then perhaps looking up from the same book she would whisper alone in her room oh speed the day thou dear dear may and gaze humbly through tears at her own face in the glass loving it on his behalf she took her passion with the weight of a thing ordained 
she had come upon it where it waited for her and they had gone on together carrying the secret there might be farther to go but the way could never be long finley said when he came in that the heat for may was extraordinary and edwina reminded him that he was in a country where everything was accomplished quickly even summer except perhaps civilization she added they were both young enough to be pleased with cleverness for its specious self oh that is slow everywhere he observed but how can you say so with every modern improvement staring you in the face electric cars and telephones oh i didn't say we hadn't the products and she laughed but the thing itself the precious thing that never comes just by wishing does it the art of indifference the art of choice if you had refinements in the beginning what would the end be he demanded anemia oh i don't quarrel with the logic of it i only point out the fact to do that is to acquiesce really i acquiesce i have to but one may long for the more delicate appreciations that seem to flower where life has gone on longer i imagine finlay said that to wish truly and ardently for such things is to possess them if you didn't possess them you wouldn't desire them as they say as they say as they say about love some novelist does to be conscious in any way toward it is to be fatally infected what novelist edwina asked with shining interest some novelist i i can't have invented it he replied somewhat confounded he got up and walked to the window where it stood open upon the veranda i don't write novels he said perhaps you live them suggested edwina i mean of course she added laughing the highest class of fiction heaven forbid why heaven forbid you are sensitive to life and a great deal of it comes into your scope you can't see a thing truly without feeling it you can't feel it without living it i don't write novels either but i experience whole publishers lists that means he said smiling that your vision is up to date you see the things the kind of things that you read of next day the modern moral sophistications don't make me out boastful she replied i often do mine would be old-fashioned i am afraid old stories of pain he looked out upon the lawn white where the chestnut blossoms were dropping and his eyes were just wistful enough to stir her adoration and of heroism that is quite dateless in the history of the human heart at least one likes to hope so i somehow think she ventured timidly that yours would be classic finley withdrew his glance abruptly from the falling blossoms as if they had tempted him to an expansion he could not justify he was impatient always of the personal note and in his intercourse with miss murchison he seemed of late to be constantly sounding it oh i don't know 
he said almost irritably i only meant that i see the obvious things while you seem to have an eye for the subtle there's reward i suppose in seeing anything but about those more delicate appreciations of society's longer evolved i sometimes think that you don't half realize in a country like this how much there is to make up is there anything really to make up she asked oh so much freedom from old habits inherited problems look at the absurd difficulty they have in england in handling such a matter as education here you can't even conceive it the schools have been on logical lines from the beginning or almost political activity over there is half strangled at this moment by the secular arm of religion here it doesn't even impede the circulation conceive any church or the united churches for the matter of that asking a place in the conduct of the common schools of ontario how would the people take it with anger or with laughter but certainly with sense by all means let the ministers serve education on the school boards they would say by election like other people an opportunity by the way which has just been offered to me i'm nominated for east elgin in place of leveret the tanner who is leaving the town i shall do my best to get in too there are several matters that want seeing to over there the girls playground for one thing is practically under water in the spring you should get in without the least difficulty oh yes there is something in a fresh start we're on the straight road as a nation in most respects we haven't any picturesque old prescribed lanes to travel so you think that makes up it's one thing you might put down space elbow room an empty horizon advina murmured for faith and the future an empty horizon is better than none england has filled hers up she has now these and he nodded at a window open to the yellow west advina looked with him oh if you have a creative imagination she said like wallingham's but even then your vision must be only political economic material you can't conceive the flowers that will come out of all that and if you could it wouldn't be like having them and the scope of the individual his chance of self-respect unhampered by the traditions of class which either deaden it or irritate it in england his chance of significance and success and the splendid buoyant unused air to breathe and the simplicity of life and the plenty of things i am to be consoled because apples are cheap you are to be consoled for a hundred reasons doesn't it console you to feel under your very feet the forces that are working to the immense amelioration of a not altogether undeserving people no said edwina rebelliously and indeed he had been a trifle didactic to her grievance they laughed together and then with a look at her in which observation seemed suddenly to awake finley said and those things aren't all or nearly all i sometimes think that the human spirit as it is set free in these wide unblemished spaces 
may be something more pure and sensitive more sincerely curious about what is good and beautiful he broke off still gazing at her as if she had been an idea and no more how much more she was she showed him by a vivid and beautiful blush i am glad you are so well satisfied she said and then as if her words had carried beyond their intention she blushed again upon which hugh finley saw his idea incarnate End of chapter fourteen